0: This podcast is presented by Mission and Fields, consulting and coaching to take your business to the next level. (laughs) The Better Business on Purpose podcast exists to spur you on in pursuing the deeper questions related to leading a business, questions that require the interaction of strategy and identity. Hello, welcome to the Better Business on Purpose podcast. This is your host, Yates Jarvis, and I'm here with the renowned Butler Meyer How are you doing today, Butler?
1: I'm renowned. I'm here. It's uh... What are you
0: renowned for, if, you're,
1: if your best friends and worst enemies could tell the truth? Mm. Mm. I was in a Dirk's Bentley music video this one time, and I was also in some Capitol Heer- Hill hearings and... Um, There have been a few other things. So I'm kind of like a Forrest Gump figure is what some people have said. I show up in these moments in history that that are interesting.
0: What what were you in Capitol Hill hearings for? That sounds maybe just kind of assuage anyone's fears about who they're listening to.
1: (laughs) When I was uh, in college, I interned on Capitol Hill one summer and I wound up in a couple of hearings right behind the witnesses. And so you can- find me on C-SPAN if you're watching C-SPAN.
0: Ah, uh, okay. That's one of those words you wound up. That's like Seinfeld when they're like, you know, some of this and then yada, yada, yada. And then Hitler, you know, rose to power. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wound up is, uh, you know. Okay. Well, uh, we've got a hot topic today. It's only hot to you and I. We hope <laughs> it becomes hot to everybody else. Um, and that is the topic of shared vision shared vision right yes so i know that shared vision sounds really nice you imagine like a team and like a basketball team or a football team or whatever and having a shared vision it's kind of obvious the shared vision is go put the ball in that hoop and there's other aspects of aligning on how we're going to do that but with discrete tasks you know the vision is pretty simple but the further away that we get from really clear tasks, um, the harder it is for human beings to have a shared vision, to communicate well around it, to not make it personal and to make it personal in good ways, um, but not in, in bad ways. So there's a lot of work to do around shared vision. Let's. I guess we should first off start with making a case for why developing a shared vision is important or even you know what that could look like in a business. Could you just talk for a couple minutes, Butler, about what shared vision is or what you think it might be and why it might be important to develop it?
1: Sure. And Yates, I am just loving the fact that you brought up a sports analogy because literally when I knew we were going to be talking about shared vision today, that's what came to mind. And and yeah. I was thinking of this example uh, when I, back in my intern days, a few years and gray hairs ago, um, I was working on this project where we were Uh, working on performance improvement plans, not that I necessarily like the terminology and all the structure around that, but um, for for leaders. That's another
0: one not to give to a
1: wife, by the way, a yeah. performance <laughs> or vice versa. I could imagine. Um, so it, it had to do with leaders who were low performing in our organization and how they could um, better inspire their teams. And so we were in the middle of this big project and I ended up on YouTube one night and in my recommended videos were all of these emotional moments from the masters tournaments in years past. And it hit me where there were all these moments where these athletes, these men were ecstatic to the point that they were running to their caddies and hugging them and they were crying together. And you see those kinds of moments in sports all the time when people get to the end of a season or the end of a tournament and and are emotionally moved. And so we talked about that and we said, why is it that that's the case? And when was the last time that two teammates here at our organization were moved to tears and to hug each other by the quality and outcome of their work. I don't think it's happened recently. So, so what's the difference? Hmm. And uh, you know, there's a lot of things that go into that, but I think the biggest thing is there is a clearly defined shared vision on a team and you know, where you're trying to go and what you're trying to achieve and everyone is doing their part to get there. And when it's a big enough and inspirational enough vision, People are willing to put their emotions and put their efforts to the point of emotional breakdown and emotional soaring on the line. And that's when you wind up with those situations where you have people crying and hugging proud of the work that they've done. So Mm -hmm. that didn't necessarily answer the question you asked, but that just goes right to the heart of, I think a sports analogy is a great way to think about shared vision when you're when you're thinking about the shared vision on your own team, Uh, because it it really does give everybody on the team the ability to see where you're trying to go and the importance of their role in that, because you you said basketball, I've thought about football more so because i'm a bigger football fan maybe but you know there are people out on that field who have very different tasks and very different roles but they're all excited when they get to the end of the game and they've won it's just defining what is it to win
0: yeah you know i root for wake forest which depending on the sport is an easy thing to do or a very difficult thing to do mm. um a recent our basketball team has been uh struggling at best, um, would be the word to use if I wasn't wanting to be nice about it. Um, and as a fan this year, you know, you don't want to be nice about it after five years of this stuff. But one of the things that the coaches, Danny Manning has done old Kansas star, um, has ever since he came in, even with a struggling program, you know, he's tried to establish a vision, which is like the ability to see, like, if we're talking about what is shared vision, it's the ability to see something in common with one another that hasn't yet happened, that Mm. is, you know, a good thing to pursue and maybe is beyond our ability to comprehend how we'll get there. You know, if it's something where we can easily see the steps to get there, um, we make $1 today as a business. So tomorrow, you know, or in the next five years, we're going to make $2. That's really easy to see how we're going to do that. Um, but building a, a shared vision that's aspirational um, and is something that pushes you to be your best—it's a harder thing to do. But oftentimes they sound completely wacko. So you're looking at a team that has been on the decline. He comes and steps in and says, "Hey, the shared the shared vision for us—a vision that we're going to hold together—is to cut down nets, which means to win." championships. Mm. And you're sitting there going, "Uh, okay, (laughs) you know, good luck with that. We've literally never made that occur. I mean, think of all the voices that come into play when you're talking about what could happen, but hasn't yet happened. The voices that are the most negative or contrarian, um, or as they like to call it realistic, right? Those are loud, powerful voices, not necessarily the volume of the voice, you know, um, But the points that they're making are strong Mm -hmm. because the past can't prove the future in these cases where you're building a a grand shared vision. Um, So you look at cutting down the nets and you're going, that's nuts. And the same thing happens with an organization when you're trying to build a shared vision. um, It's so easy to set that vision way too small. And we talked about that with targets, uh, I guess, on episode two. It's the same exact thing with a vision. You have to be able to set it large enough um, for it to be something that you can pursue that you can't even really imagine accomplishing. One company that um, I was managing director of had a vision um, and we were setting a revenue goal. And (laughs) I think they set it at something. um, And after a day of debate, we 5X'd it and everyone in the room thought it was insane I mean, they were going, okay, yeah, sure, we'll do that. You know, Mm -hmm. no one believed it was even possible. Um, And we achieved it within two years um, instead of the 10 that they thought it was going to be impossible to obtain it within. So it just goes to show you, you really don't know what you can or can't accomplish. And when it's a sports team, everybody's setting the goal to, you know, Cut down nets. If you're the men's soccer team for the USA, you're not not trying to get to the World Cup and win. You know, you've got a shared vision. It might be the strategy. Might be take it a game at a time, um, and you might have some in-game strategies to do it. But everyone's you know going in that direction.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the advantage that sports teams have. Is yes, the goal may be a little lofty, or may seem crazy because how are we going to win the championship this year? But everybody understands that the purpose is to win, is to have more points than the opponent or fewer points, depending on the sport. Um, But in an organization, in a business organization, that's another challenge beyond knowing the appropriate target to set uh, around which you're creating your shared vision. But what is the vision and how do you define success and how do you focus on one thing or two things or three things, as opposed to all the many diffuse efforts that are likely going on in your organization?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a really good point. Um, you know, even once, let's say we get to a point where we've figured out, okay, here's what we're going to aim for. It feels hairy and, and really bold. Um, but, we've agreed we're going to go after this, you know, whether it's a revenue target or a market share or something. Um, and it doesn't have to be financial, by the way. You know, many organizations have visions that are not financial, um, but you, you've got it set and it's it's meaningful. Um, once you do that, you've got to develop shared vision. So, you know, at, at that point you might have a vision and it might just be a vision from the executive team but now the challenge is how do you build shared vision among the executive team let alone the rest of the company and that shared vision means people understand it like you would understand winning a championship they understand the value of it they understand the beauty of it they understand the potential of it they understand the prioritization of it um, but one of the things that I think is often ignored in developing the shared vision is that you have to first understand what everyone's current reality is. Mm. So in order to develop that shared vision, you have to understand what someone's current reality is because you're asking them to go on a journey from where they are to where they're going to go. And so shared vision, isn't something you can just do in one
1: day does that make sense absolutely you have to know where they are in order for them to have a way to get to where you want them to go
0: yeah so i mean these conversations you can imagine the ceo having to talk to a coo and you're going hold on yates are you telling me i'm going to have to have 50 kind if my executive team is you know 50 people if you're like you know a sears or something or if my executive team is five people and three of them are remote you want me to go talk to all of them, find out their current reality and build a bridge to the vision. I mean, either you do that or you don't. If you don't do it, if you don't work with where people are and help them to see how they're going to approach the vision, um, what's going to happen is they're going to do that on their own. They're going to assess where they are, and they're gonna assess the vision and they're gonna build their own path to get there. And it may be very different from your strategy or they may think it's impossible. And managing that internal dialogue and that internal visual map is so important to an executive being able to develop a shared vision. Because if you have a member of your executive team that does not see things the same way that you do, is in a different place in terms of how they see current reality. Again, we talked about one exec Maybe thinking, hey, the, the company's doing great right now, and another might think the company is about to blow up. You know, things aren't working out well, and we're on the cusp of losing so much of our, uh, you know, our, our client base or whatever. There are different versions in people's minds of even the current status of the company. So when you ask them to go triple sales, and they already think that it's halved over the last year, and somebody else thinks it's been growing. Literally, you think it would be insane for that to occur where we're talking about facts here. You know, okay, Yates, I get it. You're talking about subjective things. But when it's objective things like the KPI of the business, there's no way people see it differently. It's absolutely rampant absolutely rampant because the reporting is not consistent people are not brought up to speed with the data the data itself may be inaccurate or or misleading the data itself may be too small and not the larger picture Um, so you can see how you can quickly have a lot of dysfunction within an executive team when you're trying to build a vision if you don't know where people are at currently with their assessment of the company and its needs
1: yeah. And I've found as the senior leader in my organization that in order to have those conversations, there's already a lot of work that has that has had to have been done, which is namely to have strong relationships with the executive team and to have a strong team where people are willing to trust each other and express each other, honestly, express themselves honestly with each other and. Um, because uh, otherwise you're either going to get somebody who's telling you what you want to hear or is not saying what they want to say. And then you can't truly diagnose where they are and, and know where you need to get them.
0: Yeah. What would keep you as you know, you're the CEO of a med health company in Albany, Georgia. What would keep you from having conversations with an individual on the executive team to better understand their current reality their you know, the way that they see it in order to shape your language, to shape your deliverables, to shape your storytelling, to shape your collaboration with them to build a shared vision. What keeps you from having those one-on-one convos and maybe the number of one-on-one convos that might be necessary?
1: Yeah, there's a few things at play. You know, there's just time, time and priority as we've talked about. Uh, There's fires that need to be put out here and there. There's other things that aren't fires that need to be worked on uh, right now. And, And sometimes that just takes precedence. Other times it's a matter of if I know there's some other dynamic going on where maybe we're going to be pivoting over here or over there and we're going to, you know, be changing up that person's role a little bit. Maybe this isn't the exact time that I want to use that capital up right now. Um, So that's two examples. You know, sometimes it may be there's some kind of past history that hasn't completely been worked through yet. And, and it could create some awkwardness or some tension, or maybe, you know, I don't Mm. feel like we've created that relationship yet where it's truly going to be a meaningful conversation, but at the end of the day, the bullet just needs to be bit and the conversation needs to happen. And that may be a part of building that strong relationship.
0: Yeah. I mean, imagine what is more important to the business (laughs) than a conversation where two members of the executive team understand each other's perspectives of current reality and start to address the differences in those perspectives, add data into them, challenge them, you know, be able to build a shared perspective of current reality. Are we doing well or are we not? Literally, I'm serving as a fractional role at a um, organization right now where I'm a fractional executive. And there are members of the team. And I'm, I'm telling you this, it's everywhere I go. A couple guys uh, think that the place is just tanking and there's uh, two men and another woman that think that things are on the up and up and this is the best it's ever been. And trying to communicate to them um, the vision and then help them to understand that there's a way to get it to happen that isn't going to just kill them or you know dismantle the business. You can't do that unless you start to build a shared perspective on these pieces, and that often takes some individual pre-wiring, like what you're talking about, pre-wiring is a McKinsey um, terminology, or at least in one of the you know McKinsey consulting books, um, which means just having those conversations before a larger conversation, where you're understanding their their hot button points and how they think, and then also just having you know a couple. Knock down, drag out, doesn't have to be aggressive, but might get there two to three hour conversations as a team to where you walk out of that room saying, hey, we're all going to see the same thing by the time we get out of here. So everyone has to play by certain rules to help our team do that, because if we're seeing the world differently, we're all going to be grabbing the steering wheel to do something different with the car. And the way that this thing needs to be operated is we need to work in concert with one another. Um, And so, you know, this is about building shared vision. But at the end of the day, you can see how healthy this is for so many other aspects of being a human on an executive team.
1: Yeah, we, we talk about business and, and we, you know, joked about maybe a performance improvement plan isn't something good for a marriage. But I think you and I are both firm believers that at the end of the day, business is about human relationships and interactions. And it's really no different than any other relationship that you have in your life where you need to be taking the time to cultivate the depths of the relationships and also the breadth of them. Um, and, And you need to be having difficult conversations and those crucial conversations and really just building deep relationships. And that gives you the ability that when it comes time to perform, I'm thinking about the sports team analogy again, there's so much time spent in practice and off the field, making that team primed and ready to go for the few hours that they're on the field. And I think that's You know, a a great way to kind of wrap up this discussion on shared vision and take it back to the sports analogy in terms of there's got to be a lot of work done ahead of time before you're truly defining what that shared vision is and getting everybody on board with it.
0: Yeah. I mean, if someone were to ask my personal opinion on this, I'd tell you, for me personally, building shared vision, this opportunity for these conversations, it's, you know, the business activities are an excuse for relationships. Mm -hmm. You're going to die. We all know that as a fact. We all have a shared perspective on that current reality. That's going to happen. Nobody's escaped that that we know of uh, within our families or friends. So you're going to die. And what we've got of value is our relationships. Um, You could say we have experiences and, you know, that's true. There's a lot of things that we could have. But doing those things alone, I just don't know if that's good for anybody. So often when we think about business and all these tools that we're trying to use to improve the business, there are two truths. One is these are great tools to improve the business. And another truth is that your business is made up of human beings at this point, you know, until it's all AI, maybe, you know, some of this will change, but it's human beings. And you need to look at the tools to improve business as an opportunity to improve relationships. Um, And if you're seeing the, the dual sided blade of, Uh, business tools for people and for profit, um, then you're going to be able to wield those tools with high energy, high purpose, mindfulness, and excitement about what could come. Thank you again for listening to the Better Business on Purpose podcast. We hope that this content is going to help you take a better look at your business and to answer some questions for your business that could help it improve. In the next episode, we'll be discussing competitive advantage, how you generate it, and how you capture it for your business. If you have any questions, please send us an email at bbop at missionandfields.com. We look forward to talking again soon. Goodbye now.